0: My name is Danielle Walker and you are listening to On the Ground. Hey Garup, it's time for NSEP Picks CBW edition. The Incep Garup Capacity Building Workshop is designed to develop the skills, knowledge and practices of Garup leaders, practitioners and partners. As you already know, CBW is anchored in our national strategy of excel Prove mobilize. Listen in for a few of our favorite past CBW workshops rooted in these themes. And while you do, also feel free to use this time to register for the 2022 Incept Gear Up Capacity Building Workshop, scheduled for February 14th through the 16th. Now, grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea and enjoy. So our first selection is a mobilized workshop, and it focuses on being intentional about what your grant is communicating to the GEAR UP community, whether that be students, families, schools, what have you. It's a great session if you missed it. Here are a few key takeaways.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. And and, and thank you for joining us for this super important workshop, Culture, Identity, and Experience, uh, Building an Effective GEAR UP Grant.
0: The voice you're hearing there is Alex Cho, president of NSEP.
1: Now, the reason I think this workshop is so important isn't because of the things you typically think of when you think about a brand, right? Like how a logo looks or the, the, the snappiness of a tagline. I mean, those things are important, but, but that isn't what is driving us to this critical issue. You know, as Betty shared this morning, you know, GEARUP is really predicated on establishing trust between the program and students, families in the community. And we know that building trust, you know, requires you know, them to have a deep awareness of who we are. And over time, you know, the hope is that GearUp Up can create a genuine and lasting bond with all of, you know, all of our stakeholders. Uh, now, two of your GearUp colleagues are joining us for uh, this workshop. So a big shout out to Kim Drummond, who is the executive director of GearUp Kentucky. Big shout out to Megan Cave, who is the director of the College Pathways and Communication at Gear Up Colorado. Now, Kim and Megan, what's fascinating about this is they were founding members of our Gear Up Communications Advisory Group. And literally for years, Kim and Megan, do you remember, uh, we searched high and low for a communications leader who could help us in this journey of exploration. And uh, we found everything we were looking for and more uh, with our dear friend, Praveen who serves as the creative director at Mastery Transcript Consortium. Before I let them
0: continue, I'm gonna give you a moment to grab a sticky notebook or pen, pencil, what have you, um, because you're gonna wanna capture some of the things that they share here.
2: Hi, I'm Praveen, and I'm really, really honored to be here. Why did we choose to talk about culture, identity, and experience, right? And it is because at the core, if you look at what the DNA of an organization, is it is the brand and its values, right? And they are, the way I look at it, the brand, the yin and yang of the brand is a, a brand and culture, culture is internal facing, brand is external facing, right? And it is foundational to building meaningful relationships with the constituents. Because at the core, what are we trying to do as a brand? We want to be memorable. We want to build, build this emotional relationship. And we want to sustain that, right? And so that at the core is what, how we think in terms of a brand, right? And so that at the core is what, how we think in terms of a brand. And what you've also learned is that data reveals that organizations that spend their time building a healthy culture within creates a very healthy brand without.
3: So I'm going to give you some examples of branding and um, just talking talk to you a little bit today about um, building your Garrett brand and show you some examples of what Colorado has done. So there are a few key factors to keep in mind when you're thinking about branding. One is to be consistent So there's something in marketing called the rule of seven so a person needs to hear or see something seven times a minimum of seven times before they really start to recognize it so if you're using different images different colors different fonts um, that's going to take more than seven times for people to start to recognize your gear up brand Um, be concise and this is true in any kind of writing or marketing if any of you do any kind of creative writing um, I write songs in my spare time, and, and same thing. You've got a really limited amount of time, a bit, limited amount of space to convey a message or a feeling. Be clear. So make sure your branding is conveying your message and your mission. Thinking about earlier when Kim asked you to write one word in the chat describing your gear um, up students, you know, thinking about that and looking at your branding. Is this message coming through to that type of student, whatever you wrote in there, you know, some words were challenged or struggling or some were hopeful. And so just keeping, you know, your audience in mind.
4: We have to start wherever we are. Um, And, you know, we, we talk about the question of which comes first, the culture or the brand, right? And, and whether or not you ever had a conversation about your culture or whether or not you've ever had a conversation about your brand, you have one. Right. <laughs> um, your stakeholders are having experiences with your program that are defining your brand and your team is having interactions um, that are defining your culture. So just just like Praveen kind of when he started out said, you know, the, the brand is the outward um, personality and identity of your program and the culture is the inward demonstration of that. Um, one of my favorite slides is next, Praveen, if you'll share that, um, that iceberg slide, right? And so, you know, we talk about that how you operate on the inside should be inextricably linked with how you want to be perceived on the outside. So underneath, right, underneath that um, iceberg is, is a clearly defined purpose for your program, a vision, a mission, your values. And then that begins to manifest right into behaviors that, are, that, that happen both inside and outside your program and then affects and shapes um, your offerings. And then ultimately the experiences that our students, our stakeholders, our families, our educators that we partner with have with our program. Um, so brand is really a reflection of your internal culture. Um, so it's not. Don't think of it as a cause. Think of it as an effect, right? And so, you know, when you obsess about your brand, that won't somehow cause growth to happen. Um, but if you're doing the right things to create growth, then a strong brand, a strong brand is going to follow as a result of that. One of the things that we discovered as we were defining our culture, is that we needed to revisit our mission statement, right? And we needed to really clarify and refine that. So we're, we have something that focuses on what we're supposed to be focusing on as a gear up program.
0: I scream, you scream, we all scream for... Data? <laughs> Our next selection is a Prove Focus workshop that focuses on the importance of collecting, reporting, and interpreting data. It's a really great session, not just for evaluators, but for every single role within the Gear Up ecosystem.
5: I'm going to do some introductions. of um, I'll start with myself. I'm Chrissy Tillery. Um, I have been at NCEP since 2012. Um, my gosh, that's almost um, 10 years.
6: My name is Thomas Czech, and uh, I'm the Associate Director of Research and Evaluation at NSEP.
0: So quick update here, uh, Thomas has recently transitioned into a new position as Senior Data Scientist at NSEP.
6: And I have been there for about five years.
5: Hello everyone, yay gear up, I love this conference. So again, I'm Michelle Grolik. like Christy said, I've been with the Clearinghouse, 12 years,
0: been working with Chrissy and and the gang for, I think, nine years. This session is entitled The End Goal, Post-Secondary Outcomes. And, you know, we love it for many reasons. Um, But I love it specifically because of the way uh, Dr. Chrissy Tillery, who is the uh, Vice President of Research and Evaluation at NSEP, the way she kicks it off. I mean, she just gets straight to the point.
5: So here's where I want to start. We're going to start at the end, right? Because what I know is that there is one end goal for the students we serve, and that is getting them to college. There's a lot of different ways we do that, and that's another workshop. But we have to be able to monitor and track those outcomes, and we have to be able to do that well. And I'll be honest, I think that we, you know, I think we have a really good toolkit, but I think there are some gaps in really doing systematic data collection and reporting around the post secondary enrollment outcomes, enrollment persistence, completion. Because if we don't have if we spend seven years doing everything right in terms of programming, in terms of mentoring, and then we get to the seventh year or we get to the point where we have seniors and we're tracking students and we just don't really know how to do that, then that's really problematic. And so the conversation that Thomas and I have is, you know, this is a $353 million question. How many of your kids go to college?
6: So one of the first things that we want to talk about is the the post-secondary trajectory. What does that look like? Um, Because there are a couple components within this trajectory that um, can really be uh, dug into a little bit to understand your student populations a little bit better. The first is uh, enrollment. So when we're thinking about enrollment, there are four different sort of buckets that you can group students into. The first bucket that we wanna look at is concurrent enrollment. The National Student Clearinghouse uses uh, dual enrollment here. So those can, for the purposes of this conversation, concurrent enrollment and dual enrollment are gonna be synonymous. Um, there's also summer enrollment, fall enrollment, and then delayed enrollment. Um, summer enrollment is pretty self-explanatory. Fall enrollment typically refers to the uh, fall following graduation, high school graduation. And then delayed enrollment is any post-secondary enrollment after that. When talking about persistence, which is the second uh, outcome that we're interested in, uh, there are also several different buckets that folks can. So persistence can be measured um, from fall to spring enrollment, from fall to fall. Uh, There's also the issue of ongoing tracking and persistence versus retention. And then finally is post-secondary completion, which uh, for The purposes of gear up for the most part consists of graduation, uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about sort of the differentiation between completion and graduation a little bit later as well.
5: We learn when we collect data before we get to kind of the intervention years, um, we certainly learn how to better audit data, how to better interpret data. um, So it kind of really reduces um, some of the learning curve.
0: Christine and Thomas both support the College and Career Readiness Evaluation Consortium at uh, INSEP. You may know it as CCREC. For more information um, about this project and the grants that are involved in it, make sure you check out our website. Next up, we have our Excel pick. And this session was supported by Betty Paul-Ortiz, who is the Vice President of Programs at NSEP, and Dr. Katie Hill, who is the Associate Director of Strategic Initiatives.
3: If we do want to make sure that I introduce um, very quickly, I'll mention our trainers, are Margaret Boyder Escalona from Gear Up Chicago, Sylvia Vargas from Region 1, Dr. Katie Hill from NSEP. And I am Betty Pa Ortiz, also from NSEP.
0: This session is entitled Intentional Family Engagement Pathways to Success. And it's really about either one, supporting the work that you're already doing, and or two, helping you to jumpstart your family engagement strategy. When we interact with one another with someone from a different grant, we hear completely different stories or ideas. Um, because of what their community looks like. You heard about the valley down in Texas, you heard about Chicago. Um, I'm from Nevada and was part of the Garup program there from 2001 to 2007, which is also completely different. Um, I grew up in a very rural area. Not only is family engagement something that is integral with up, it's it's required, but it's also something that really does make a difference, you know, and there's research to show that. So just know that what you're doing,
2: it it
3: does matter. Engaging families is more than providing a gear up service or sharing overall information about the importance of going to college. Engagement is involving families through leadership opportunities, initiating, encouraging, and sustaining open dialogues, and establishing meaningful connections.
0: Margaret and Sylvia both share great perspectives as it relates to family engagement from the lens of Gear Up Chicago and Region
7: 1 Gear Up, In Chicago, we've been working with parents for over 20 years, and I believe that we've developed um, some tips and strategies that uh, really make sense for working with parents and have helped us to be as successful as we are. So I'm delighted to go ahead and share some of these tips with you as we conduct needs assessments with parents. First things first, what is your philosophy of working with parents? Is it exactly the same as working with students or do you look at parents as fully formed adult learners who are autonomous, self-directed, and have a foundation of life experiences? If you don't, you should start because parents are on are different than students in that they don't have to be in your program. They are coming to your program uh, as volunteers. And so we want to always honor and recognize their funds of knowledge.
8: Greetings from the Rio Grande Valley. I'm honored to share with you today some of the successes we have had at Region 1 Ghira. What makes us especially proud is the legacy of NSEP Parent Leaders of the Year. We are proud to have five parent leaders of the year from our region. Michela Guerrero, 2015, was my parent when I was a facilitator. She was the queen of recruitment. She was she held meetings in her home, community centers, over WhatsApp messages. She was dynamite. Everywhere people ask us how they can get a Sheila, a Sandro, and Adriana, and our response always is, they are in your campuses. They are in your community. You just have to find them. Region One Europe has adopted this family empowerment model and we have had great success with its implementation. As you can see, it's divided into four parts, and they're all integral parts to the success of our family empowerment initiative. But today I really want to focus on the parent to parent training model portion of our of our model because our biggest success in recruitment has been because of the way we build the capacity of our parent TOT leaders.
0: This past fall, we launched the Family Engagement Starter Kit for All, which is a toolkit that was completely curated by the uh, Family Engagement Advisory Committee. So if you have a moment, check that out on our website. That concludes our InSET Picks CBW edition. For more information about how to register for the 2022 NSEP Gear Up Capacity Building Workshop scheduled for February 14th through the 16th, check out our website at partnerships.org. Also, while you're at it, we have opened the nomination process for the 2022 Leadership Awards. So you can nominate a student, a family leader, a Garrett professional, or and or a, a Garrett partner. Nominations can be submitted through our website as well. And with that, I'm going to wish you all a safe and wonderful weekend. Enjoy, be with family, be with friends, but most of all, stay safe and stay healthy. See you soon.